Hey everybody, it's Sarah. Before the episode starts, I want to make a quick disclaimer that in our two-part coverage of John Wayne Gacy, we are going to be going into some sensitive topics such as abuse, sexual assault, and rape. We understand that these are sensitive topics and we don't want anyone to be caught off guard, so if you would rather tune out, that's totally okay and understandable, and we hope to see you in some of our less gruesome cases. But if you are staying, please enjoy the episode. Welcome back, you lovely people out there. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all staying home, staying inside, staying safe. Um, This, th- for us, this quarantine got extended how long? A while. Like, like so long. Like, end of April? No, even more to June. Anyway, we're going to be at home for a long time <laughs> um so i uh in the, oh jesus my cat just jumped on my laptop it's fine okay in addition to everybody doing well um hopefully i would like to make an apology to art the clown for covering another clown in his debut in his episode debut week a clown that could not possibly reach up to his caliber. You Like, I'm so sorry, Art. We don't mean to do this. We just wanted to cover this guy. And we did, I didn't even think about being the same week as we did Terrifier. I didn't either, but... Now you get two clowns. <laughs> that is two more clowns than anyone needs. Correct. So... I know people have been wanting more because we've only the cases that we've covered, we've only covered one like officially solved case. But this week, me and Jenna decided we were going to do one of the big ones, one of the big guys up there in infamous serial killing history, Mr. John Wayne Gacy Jr. Ew. I have no patience with clowns, especially. I don't either. He's okay, and here's the thing. I thought like his whole like clown thing was one of the main was one of his main like things when he was like serial killing. It's really not. Like he's called the killer clown, but he didn't like kill in a clown costume or anything. He was just a clown for a part of his life. Yeah, he he just happens to belong to an unfortunate profession yeah shall we say i think the killer clown is not very accurate but whatever all right so let's just get into it his clown sona did not play as big of a part as expected (laughs) (laughs) okay and on that note about clown sonas let's get into it so you can hear all about his clown sona (laughs) So, on March 17, 1942, in Chicago, Illinois, John Wayne Gacy Jr. was birthed into the world. Uh, 
what a mistake (sighs) he was he was the second of three children with joanne being his older sister and karen being his younger sister they were all raised catholic and sent to catholic schools he grew up in a like pretty middle class neighborhood he wasn't really popular in school but he was well liked by his teachers and his co-workers he had a pretty normal childhood with the exception of his father um, as a child, he was very overweight and not athletic. And John Wayne Gacy Sr. was an abusive alcoholic who always despised him. He regularly belittled him and called him things like dumb and stupid and a sissy. He often berated young Gacy and whipped him with a belt. In 1949, Gacy was caught fondling a young girl with another boy, and he was whipped with a razor strop. That that same year, he was molested at seven years old by a family friend and did not tell anyone for fear of being beaten. Despite the abuse, Gacy deeply loved his father and wanted his devotion and attention, which, I mean, okay. (laughs) Look. As someone without a father, I don't, I don't get, you know, the whole vibe, but I could understand. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess that makes sense, but it's just all that abuse. It's all disgusting. Well, because in that, like, it's almost worse than him not being there at all in the sense of, like, this is, like, worst case scenario. Yeah. Plus, he he baby at this point. Yeah, he hasn't done anything yet, so. And now he. Right now, I sympathize for him in this point in the timeline. Yeah. But for, that will go away soon. Yeah, maybe like another like decade or so. So, oh, God. like, I feel bad, but like the kind of retrospective feel bad where I'm like, ah. Could have something to play into why all of this happened. Definitely, definitely does. Yeah. Yeah, for and sure. it's in that sense that I'm like, aw, sucks. But the other part of me is like, well, aw, <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> so when he was 11, he was hit in the head by a swing on a swing set. This caused a blood clot in his brain, which was not discovered until he was 16. From the ages of 11 to 16, he suffered a series of blackouts, which eventually stopped after he was given medication that dissolved the clot. Um, um, his medical issues persisted because at 17, Gacy was diagnosed with a nonspecific heart ailment. He was hospitalized on several occasions, but an exact cause was never really identified. This plagued him with lifelong obesity and limited his outdoor activity. So Gacy realized he was gay pretty early on in his life. However, at the time, sexuality was a very taboo subject, so he chose to hide away his orientation and pretended to be straight his entire life, which I get. <laughs> I understand. Like, even now, it's like, let's not let like, even now in these times, it's still a bit of a taboo subject, because if you talk to the wrong people about it, you'll get like, berated and attacked. And it's, it's still not a good situation. Which, knowing what we know with our superpower of hindsight is quite ironic. Uh, So in 1960, at the age of 18, Gacy became involved in politics. He worked as an assistant precinct captain for a Democratic candidate in his neighborhood. This caused more criticism from his father. 
Um, Gacy struggled in school and eventually dropped out of high school after four years with no diploma. He later moved out west in uh, to Las Vegas, Nevada, and cut off all contact with his family. Um, so he found work as an attendant at the Palm Mortuary. His bosses knew he had no place to live, so they let him sleep in a cot behind the embalming room. He later confessed that one night he crawled into the coffin of a young teenage boy and embraced and caressed his body. He justified his actions by claiming the bodies he had defiled were, quote, just dead things who, quote, couldn't tell anybody. Um, several things wrong with that statement. Necrophilia all check. Being, all of them being don't touch dead bodies. Yeah, I I thought that was like a given. I didn't realize that was something you had to tell people. <laughs> Here's a PSA from Blood and Guts. Don't touch dead bodies. Don't, yeah, don't. Don't do don't, it. Please. Don't do it. There is no situation unless you're like an autopsy technician or like a medical examiner that you would need to touch a dead body. Okay, yeah, touch. I was like, let's let's pay attention to the fact that the verb is defile. And pretty sure <laughs> autopsy don't touch them. should also not be doing that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, if you're an autopsy technician, don't defile the corpse. If you're anybody, please don't, don't defile, defile a, corpse. a corpse. This is why I want to be cremated. <laughs> defile my ashes. Uh, try. <laughs> you know what I want to be? I want to be one of those coral reef starters. Imagine being the person wanna... who tried to defile a coral reef starter. <laughs> I want to, like, I want my ashes placed in, like, a coral reef starter so, like, coral can build around me i feel like someone could snort me all right moving on um <laughs> this, this so this whole defiling experience really shocked him and he moved back to chicago with his parents so upon his return and despite his failure to complete high school he was able to enroll in northwestern business college he eventually became a management trainee at the nunbush shoe company and not long after he was moved to springfield illinois to work as a salesman there gacy met marilyn myers i believe that's how it's pronounced um and they got engaged while courting Maryland, he joined the local JCs, a.k.a. the United States Junior Chamber, which is a leadership and training organization which focuses on business development, management skills, and individual training. For, like, young boys all the way up to, like, adults, it's this national thing. And it's said that Gacy had a key leading role in this organization. This same year, Gacy had his second homosexual experience. According to Gacy, one of his colleagues in the Springfield JCs invited him to spend the evening with him and uh, drinks. The colleague then performed oral sex upon him while he was drunk. So after a nine-month relationship, Gacy and Myers married in September of 1964. Marilyn's parents owned a string of Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurant franchises in Waterloo, Iowa. So her father offered Gacy a position in one of his franchises, and soon after that, John and, Mar and Marilyn moved to Iowa. Um, so Gacy mainly worked 12 hours a day um, for his father-in-law, and he was really enthusiastic and eager to learn. 
Um, when he was not working, Gacy was active in the Waterloo branch of the JCs. He was reportedly very pleasant to the members and received a lot of recognition and good reputation for his work in the Iowa chapter. And this is, I've heard a lot about, like, everywhere I was reading, everyone's like, Gacy was such a pleasant person. Like, he was so, he was so kind. He was so nice. He was so giving. Like, he did a lot of great things. And it makes you think, like, if that person can turn out to be what he was, I, it that's creepy yeah. to just think Look, of who, who you associate with. His timeline is insane in terms of his timeline. In really terms of people insane. being like, "Oh yeah, he's so great. Oh, he's in <laughs> prison." <laughs> like it happens so fast, and it like overlaps yeah. so much. And I think it's hilarious looking back. How many people were like, "Nah." I don't, it doesn't look like somebody who would do this. You know, like, he's just, he's just having he's a just, good, That's just John. Yeah. That's just John. He's just living life. Yeah. So, John was living his life. Um, And while he was living his life, his wife, Marilyn, gave birth to two children. A son in February 1966 and a daughter in March 1967. Gacy later described this period of his life as just perfect. However, not everything was perfect. There was a dark side to the Waterloo JCs that involved wife swapping, prostitution, and pornography. All not good things. But you know, I'm not surprised by any of them. Especially <laughs> not the wife swapping. Like, are you kidding? This is the late 1960s. Of course they were wife swapping. Wife swapping. Of course they were wife swapping. <laughs> Well, Gacy was deeply involved in many of these activities and regularly cheated on his wife with local prostitutes. Yep. Oh, that's just no. that's just the 1960s for you. He's also known to have opened a club in his basement where he allowed his employees to drink alcohol and play pool. So he employed both sexes at his restaurant, although not surprisingly, he only socialized with the young males. Many were given alcohol before Gacy made sexual advantages toward them, which, if rebuffed, he would claim were jokes or a test of morals. You know, as you do. Is this what Jesus would do? No, this is not what Jesus would do. And he was are raised. Your he, he was raised Catholic. You, he should know better. Are your morals strong? Let's find out. In August 1967, Gacy committed his first known sexual assault upon a teenage boy, 15-year-old Donald Voorhees, who was a son of a fellow JC. Gacy reportedly offered work for him and then lured him to the basement, plied him with alcohol, and forced him to perform oral sex on him. Over the following months, similar assaults were committed by Gacy on several other young boys. On one account, he encouraged a boy to have sex with his wife, like Marilyn, like Gacy's wife, and then forced him to perform oral sex on Gacy. Gacy also tricked several teenagers into believing he was commissioned to conduct homosexual experiments on the grounds of scientific research, and each boy was paid $50. I mean, that's a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) I... Look. That's... God, I'd love to be commissioned to conduct homosexual experiments <laughs> for fifty dollars. That's I need like a business card. I I have been commissioned. 
conduct homosexual experiments, except mine would not be this. <laughs> Very be true. No, don't no make them swapping. Yeah, I don't. Don't get this all. Don't get this all twisted. This would be a legit Prost- it would be prostitution. No, no, it would literally just be me. Like I would, I no one would take me up on the offer. It's not like I'm trying to prostitute myself. It's me being like, hey, would you like for like a half an hour? Would you like to try being a prostitute? (laughs) Would you like to sample the life of a prostitute? Everyone that fifty (laughs) dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so Voorhees kept quiet about this incident until March 1968 when he reported it to his father that Gacy assaulted him. His father immediately informed the police and this launched the first criminal investigation into Gacy. He was charged with oral sodomy and the attempted assault of another teenager, 16-year-old Edward Lynch. Gacy denied all charges and asked to take a polygraph test. Results came up, like, generally negative, but it also came up that he was nervous when he was denying the claims. Which, polygraph tests are nothing to rely on when it comes to indicting a person for a crime anyway, so, like, whatever, but that's just what the results said. Polygraph tests are really useless. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. But I do love the fact that he was like, I'd like one of those, please, and proceeded (laughs) to not be able to handle it. Can you imagine if he failed? I would have laughed so hard. (laughs) May I have one polygraph test, please? As I'm sweating, like, a pool around around, (laughs) my chair, I'm, like, about to pass out. May I I please have a a, a polygraph I I didn't do it. I May I, I please have a polygraph test? <laughs> um, on August 30th, 1968, Gacy paid one of his employees $300, 18-year-old Russell, Russell Schroeder, to physically assault Voorhees to prevent him from testifying at Gacy's trial. He lured him to a secluded spot, sprayed mace in his eyes, beat him, and shouted at him to not testify. Voorhees escaped and reported the incident to the police and identified Schroeder as his attacker, and he was arrested the following day. Schroeder confessed and said that Gacy had told him to do it. So, A-plus planning by Gacy. (laughs) One, that price inflation went up. Up. (laughs) Well, it wasn't, this time it wasn't a homosexual experience. This was a a violent experience. But you almost think the prices would be switched. (laughs) You get, you get $50 for trying out homosexuality, but I will give you $300 to unsuccessfully anonymously beat up a boy. I mean, well, for a, probably... for a job, for a job poorly done at best. Very poorly done. Thank you. Don't, don't testify as he immediately goes, you know what? I know exactly who beat <laughs> me up. And you know what? I think I'm just going to tell the police. <laughs> everything like this could not have been worse like congrats Casey you messed up none of the items on that $300 to-do list were crossed off they were all done incredibly poorly so Gacy was obviously arrested and additionally charged with this assault on September 12th, Gacy was ordered to undergo a psych eval at the psychiatric hospital of the State University of Iowa. Doctors concluded he had antisocial personality disorder, which 
bookmark this in your brain, this comes back up later, and was unlikely to benefit from any sort of therapy or medical treatment and would likely offend again. I am saying this slowly so you know it comes back. They, this is a surprise tool that will help us help later. Us later. <laughs> they also concluded he was mentally competent to stand trial. This will come back later. <laughs> in about two seconds. <laughs> this will come back later in about five pages. So in December, Gacy pleaded guilty to his charges of sodomy against Voorhees, although he pleaded not guilty to the other charges. Gacy said that he and Voorhees had indeed engaged in sexual relations, yet he insisted Voorhees had offered his sexual services to him and that he had acted out of curiosity. His story was not believed. Um, Gacy was convicted of sodomy on December 3rd, 1968, and was sentenced to 10 years in the Amarosa State Penitentiary. On the day he was convicted and sentenced, Marilyn filed for divorce, which was finalized on September 18th, 1969. Gacy never saw his first wife or children ever again. Um, Again, with him being like a model person, during his incarceration, he was dubbed a model prisoner. He acquired positions such as head cook, JC, he was like a JC member, like within the prison and increased the prisoners daily pay in the mess hall and to have supervised um, several projects to improve conditions in the jail. In June 1969, Gacy applied for early release and was denied. In preparation for his parole hearing, he completed 16 high school courses and earned his diploma. Um, I don't know why I like, made that to like Dear God. continue yeah. the sentence. Like that was it. Yeah, that was like the peak. <laughs> yeah. I- so he earned his diploma. And on Christmas Day, 1969, Gacy's father died. He was told two days after the death and reportedly collapsed on the floor sobbing. He asked for supervised compassionate leave to attend his father's funeral in Chicago, but was denied. Okay. I understand he is a terrible person. Even at this point in the timeline, he's a terrible person, but his father's funeral, like, like attend, like let him attend a funeral. Of his father. Uh, I'm alright. It's been less than a year. Very true. He really uh, he really applied for early release. Saved some months. <laughs> well. Well. Six months after and they were like, no. Well, hold on. Casey was granted yep. parole with 12 months probation on June 18th, 1970 after serving 18 months of his 10-year sentence. Yep. <laughs> there you we go. We love it. Well, they were probably just like, you know, it's fine. You know, he's a model prisoner. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, his dad died. Spoiler alert, it wasn't fine. Yeah, they were probably just like, you know, don't have a good time. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Two conditions of his release were for him to relocate to Chicago to live with his mother and stand by a 10 p.m. curfew with the Iowa Board of Parole receiving regular updates. Now, on February 12, 1971, Gacy was charged with sexually assaulting a teenage boy. However, this didn't turn into anything because the boy did not appear to testify in court and the parole board just never learned of this. Like, the parole board never heard of this, ever. So his, so technically, he never violated his parole, and it ended in October of 1971. 
So God. great job, Iowa Board of Parole. <laughs> God, I also like still in hindsight, imagine like just being a member of the population in Chicago and being like, wow, you really just effed us up in every possible way by sending this man here. Like you oh could have put God. him anywhere, but his mother happened to live here and now <laughs> our children are <laughs> getting killed. Like, God, like, uh, uh, this just infuriates me with all of this, like, stuff going on and all this unfair, like. It was was, uh, so close, so many times. I know. But then he just, you know, had a supervisor contract and be fine and suddenly he's in Chicago and everyone's like, oh, you're great. And then he's not. Yeah, no. With financial assistance from his mother, Gacy bought a house in a part of metropolitan Chicago under the infamous address 8213 West Summerdale Avenue, the house where all known murders were committed and where 29 bodies were stashed. He became very active in his local community and was described as, again, helpful and considerate. He hosted annual summer parties, so he was just a peach, wasn't he? (laughs) The peachiest ma'am. The peachiest man! In August 1971, he became engaged to Carol Hoff, a divorced mother of two young daughters. They all moved in with him shortly after they got engaged. Gacy's mother, who was also living with him at this house, um, moved out shortly before their wedding. One week before Gacy's wedding, he was arrested and charged with aggravated battery and reckless conduct. And all I can say is, I'm sorry, Carol. (laughs) Like, one week before the wedding, and he's just charged with battery and reckless conduct. Oh, like, yeah. I also forgot that, like, the timeline of his life is not helped by the fact that this is still, like, the 1970s. Like, people move fast all the time. The 70s is when every freaking serial killer was active. I True, but this is also the time where people would just, like, just get married and just be like, I don't know anything about you, but I think this would just be great. Like, I I just forgot that everything is, like, set and fast forward because that's just what people did at this time. And you know this lady was probably just like, come on. Everybody else does this. Everybody else does the same thing. I thought you were different. And I get this. Like, just imagine looking around at all your friends and being like, oh, you have a surprise inheritance. Oh, you come from a long line of bankers. Oh, you're, you turn into a clown and then just kill a bunch of children like just imagine just being like are you kidding me uh, this is, rip, this is rip who carol can we get an f in the chat for carol absolutely f in the chat for carol <laughs> who gets the worst worst man yeah okay so this whole arrest thing was filed after a report from a young boy by the name of jackie d he stated that gacy had impersonated a police officer which is i'm a, like a federal offense <laughs> flashed a badge, lured him into his car, and had him perform oral sex. However, these charges were dropped after the informant attempted to blackmail Gacy for money in exchange for dropping the charges. So, the charges were dropped anyway. (laughs) But for free. In 1971, Gacy established his own construction business, PDM Constructors. Um, Oh my god. (laughs) PDM Constructors. Much of this workforce was can you guess what most of his workforce was? You know, Surprisingly, young men. Wild. 
I was thinking we were gonna go for like you know elderly woman. I never, I never <laughs> would have guessed. It probably would have fared better. In 1973, <laughs> Gacy and a teenage employee traveled together to Florida. Which, what? How? How does? Okay, Gacy and a teenage employee traveled together to Florida to view property Gacy had purchased. How does that just happen? I understand it's the 70s. I understand it's like back in the day. But how does a teenage employee just travel to his to Florida with his much older boss on like a work business, like a work trip? How does that happen? How would a parent let that happen? Well, I'm sure he was a model employer and just happened to say all the right things. And now okay. I get they're you. going to Florida. Oh, God. So, well, on their first night, Gacy raped him in their hotel room. Uh, the youth refused to sleep in the same room and slept on the beach. Um, the boy returned to Gacy's house upon, like, their trip back to Chicago and beat him in his yard, which, good for him. Yeah. Like, like good for you. Absolutely. God, on his own property, too. Yeah. That's like, a, yes. a power move. So, um, Gacy's mother-in-law stopped this attack, and Gacy claimed it was because he refused to pay the man for poor quality painting. Like, no. Nope, nope, you raped him, and he's beating you because of it, which you deserve. Like, yeah. Ugh. God, stupid mother-in-law. Just let it happen. <laughs> it's not even your son. <laughs> Just close your eyes, walk away. Look the other way. And pretend I do not see it. Yeah. Another employee of his by the name Anthony Antonucci, which, A-plus name, was hired in May 1975. The boy injured his foot, and the next day, like an absolute creep, Gacy visited him while Antonucci was home alone. So Gacy just, like, popped in in his house while Anthony was home alone to be like, oh, my God, how's your foot? Like, oh, my God. Like, are you okay? Like, how are you doing? (laughs) Well, (laughs) Gacy ended up plying him with alcohol, wrestling him to the floor, and cuffed his hands behind his back. So the, um, the cuff on the right wrist was loose. So Antonucci freed himself after Gacy left the room. When Gacy returned... Antonucci jumped on him, wrestled him to the floor, and cuffed his hands behind his back. Which, round of applause. You're killing yeah. it. How the tables have turned, it. sir. Uh-huh. Get it. Gacy threatened him, but then promised he would leave if Antonucci removed the cuffs. Um, Antonucci did, and Gacy left. So, that's what happened with him. <laughs> Gacy became involved in local Democratic Party politics and did lots of good things like offering the services of his employees to clean headquarters, earn the title of precinct captain for his service, and um, actually met and got photographed with First Lady Rosalind Carter. So, like, there's a picture of him with Rosalind Carter, like, out there. Um, Through his membership at the local Moose Club in Illinois, Gacy became aware of a Jolly Jokers club, performed at local events and fundraisers. And this is where he gets the name Killer Clown. Because in 1975, Gacy joined the club and created his own performance character known as Pogo the Clown. And also, there was also Patches the Clown, but Pogo was more well-known. He designed his own costumes and taught himself how to apply clown makeup. He started, like, he said he started acting as a clown because it allowed him to regress into his childhood. But, yeah, yeah. that's when the gross clown stuff started happening. There are also, like, a lot of, like, 
professional clowns now who, like, look back and, like, the way that Gacy apparently did, like, his mouth makeup with how, like, pointed it was and sharp. Like, apparently, that's, like, not how you're supposed to do it at all. Like, you're supposed to, <gasps> like, you're supposed to leave it with, like, the rounded edges so that way it looks, <laughs> well, so that way it looks, like, at least semi non-threatening because, like, if you're going to be performing for children, the fact <laughs> that he did such a sharp smile, like, they're like, no, like, that. He taught himself how to apply cloud makeup and he just sucked yeah. at it. Well, no, because they were like, <laughs> this is how we know he had, like, extra underlying issues. It's because no clown does this. Like, like on, <laughs> on purpose. I a, have to a laugh. A performing clown doesn't do it because it will freak out children. Because when you have that pointed edge, you look like a jack-o'-lantern. And then they're like, oh, you're evil. But apparently with, like, the rounded edges, they're like, oh, you're happy. Like, I don't, I don't know. But I don't like clowns. But, but apparently they look at his makeup and they're like, oh, you know this man had issues already. I don't even need to know anything else. His mouth, you know, not correct. You know, everyone has this fear of clowns. I don't really care. I don't have fear of clowns, but it's... You just don't like them? Well, it's the ones that, like, make their makeup... Like, it's not, like, the overdramatic ones or anything, but it's the ones, like, in, like, horror movies mainly. But it's the, it's the oh, part yeah. that, like, it looks like a person, but just not correct enough. And yeah. then it's just, like, unsettling. It's not a fear, but it's yeah. one of those that's, like, there's something wrong with you. And if you step closer to me, I'm going to jump off a bridge. <laughs> like, you need to stay over there and look somewhere else. And I will just mind my own business. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, it's, it's the, like, kind, like, you're human. And I know that. But I don't like it. Yeah. Do not support. I mean, if you're a clown, if you have a clown Sona, and you're listening to this, all power to you. I hope you do the mouth right. But I hope you know that half of, a, probably more than half of America is terrified of you. Yes. Which? Because Americans are cowards. Moving on. Oh, that. <laughs> Indeed, ma'am. <laughs> Anyone who's afraid of clowns is just a coward. I'm calling you out right now. It All right, moving like on. <laughs> Us talking about someone called the killer clown. If you're afraid of clowns, you're weak. <laughs> Our, um, we're already really far. I know we're already at an hour, but I have a lot of stuff to delete, and we're at victims already, and I shouldn't take too long with the trial, so I think we can just keep um, going. Well, you know the victims goes down to page 11, right? We're on page 5. Let's just keep going. We'll keep going. I can edit it later, <laughs> if we need to. <laughs> Alright, then. We're heading into the victims. There are a lot of them. There's so um, many victims. Only 27 were conclusively identified. Only 22 by the time of his trial. Six remain unidentified. Uh, there are some facial reconstructions made by experts using their skulls to try to create images of what they would have looked like to try to identify them, but it is still not working as to stay. Um, at the time of his arrest, he claimed there could be as many as 45 victims, but only 33 bodies were ever found, which were, like, conclusively linked to him. 29 on his property. 
um, for having been dumped into a river and then washed up like a couple miles downstream. Uh, when questioned if there were actually more that they had missed, he just elected to say, that's for you guys to find out. Thanks. That's yeah. not helpful. Um, on May 8th, 1977, uh, the body of 24-year-old Charles Hatula was found drowned in that river. Uh, was originally thought to be linked to Gacy when they were still searching for those like couple extra bodies. Uh, but his death was officially ruled accidental. Yeah, I was gonna say Gacy didn't drown his victims. Yeah, yeah, like he never drowned them. No, but so. like they were so desperate to try to find what he, <laughs> yeah, like massive, yeah, massive I twelve other bodies that he just happened to be in the same river, and they were like, oh, we got one, like check, yeah. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> um, the first victim, so very first out of both identified and unidentified, is Timothy McCoy. Uh, he was the ninth body pulled out of Gacy's home after the police discovered what he'd been doing. Oh my god. I'm gonna I'm gonna post a picture of this crawl space on yeah. Instagram. It is the it's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen pictures of like the skeletons in it. Like there's uncensored pictures on the internet. It's wild. And it gets more wild when you learn that like since he had the construction company, a couple of his victims like made it bigger. And then yeah. were killed and put in it. I know. Which, it's, you're, oh like, God, as, it's... as you read about it, you're just like, no. <laughs> that's where yeah, you, I, like, that's so... for you. There you are. Oh, God. Um, but anyways, Timothy McCoy, first victim, age 16. He was killed January 3rd, 1972. Uh, he was exhumed from the crawl space in May 1986. Um, he met Gacy at a Chicago bus terminal the night before, ended up staying over with Gacy in a room in the area. Um, he had been making breakfast for Gacy and uh, like, and oh, went nice. upstairs to wake him up, not realizing that he had in his hand still like one of the knives from the kitchen. Oh, um, so he God. goes to wake him up. Gacy wakes up, sees that he's holding a knife. Uh, like kind of like bent at the elbows type thing so he thinks that he's being attacked. oh yeah like they like wrestle for a little bit timothy has absolutely no idea what's going on but like daisy's arm gets like slashed up a little bit because he tries to take the knife and turn it they like wrestle for a second and he ends up just stabbing him in the chest like repeatedly oh, god poor baby um, yeah. and then ends up burying timothy's body in the crawl space and then cover the grave up with concrete um oh, during god. it he, Gacy was like, this is just what's happening at the moment, and I'm just dealing with it. Uh, but afterwards, he had what he called a head-pounding, most intense orgasm he had ever felt. Disgusting. Um, his murder of Timothy McCoy, the ultimate thrill. That he will then, what? for several years, continue chasing disgusting i i i always think it's interesting that this one is like an accident like in terms yeah, of like how it like it's not one that he plans it just he thinks yeah. he's being attacked and just yeah you you almost want to think if this never happened if like timothy didn't bring up a knife would this yeah, have happened like, little, Probably, like i just but... think it's interesting that like this one is just a the... matter of circumstance yeah and the first yeah, one just gets 
Um, the second mm-hmm. victim is the first one that they found that is unidentified. It is the 28th body pulled out of the crawl space. Um, thought to be between the ages of 14 to 18, a white male with medium brown hair uh, who disappeared between January 3rd, 1972 and July 31st in 1975. Um, so a long gap between, because there's just uh-huh. a long gap right here. Uh, the estimated death mm-hmm. is January of 1974, uh, and he was strangled. His body was stowed in the closet before his burial, uh, and Gacy stated that fluid leaked out of the nose-mouth area of the victim in the closet, which stained the carpet. Oh, yeah, okay, Gacy, we don't care that it stained um, your but at, carpet. But as like... a result of that, he later regularly stuffed cloth rags or the victim's own underwear into their mouths to prevent this in his later murders. Oh. Um, and the body was eventually buried in the backyard about, like, 15 feet away from the barbecue pit is where mm-hmm. it was placed. But, yeah, it's because of this one where he learned that bodies leak stuff that, like, you will see mm-hmm. it in almost all of the victims is that he will just shove mm-hmm. something into their throat nasal cavity, so Oof. that way they don't leak all over the place. <laughs> um, the second identified victim is John Bukovich. He is the second body pulled out of ugh, the crawl space. Uh, he was 18 years old, killed August 1st, 1975, and was exhumed from, like, the garage area crawl space. Yeah, I no, I was gonna say he, he wasn't exhumed from the crawl space. I'll talk about I, it a bit I, later, but he was actually... Buried under the garage. Part of the crawl space, and well, oh, they did. Okay, never he mind. He added then. so many extensions to it. At the time, it was just under the garage. Oh, okay. But because the network gets so extensive, they just consider it like the garage part of like the Got underground, it. Okay. whatever. But yeah, underneath the garage. Got it. Um, he was an employee of Gacy's, and he disappeared after a heated argument with him over a paycheck. Uh, so he like threatened Gacy as well, which I'm sure Gacy was just like. I mean, all right. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Gacy lured him to his home, conned him into allowing his wrist to be cuffed behind his back. Um, and John oh. was, John Bukovich was strangled to death. And Gacy admitted to having sat on the kid's chest for a while before burying him. What? John Buk- so he was dead and he just sat yep, on him? On like the corpse before burying him. Um, what? <laughs> that makes no sense. John Bukovich's okay. parents like, called the police over a hundred times to urge them to investigate Daisy further because oh they knew God. that their son was going to meet this dude, like their employers, talk about the paycheck. And then, like later, when the police were like, "Where is he?" He was like, "Oh, he left." And they were, and they were like, God, "Okay." The police really dropped yeah, the ball like, on okay. this one. But like their parents, like his parents, was like, "No, you need." To like, like you need to do this and the police just didn't oh my god he, this could have all ended right here and now with three yeah. victims but no the police dropped the ball which police tend to do yeah. that um by 1975 gacy had told his wife that he was bisexual um they had they had sex on mother's day of that year 1975 and afterwards he mm-hmm. informed her it would be the last time they would ever have sex mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, the time afterwards, she observed him bringing teenage boys into his garage, found gay pornography and men's wallets with their IDs in them in the house. Uh, she once confronted him about it, and he angrily informed her that it was none of her business, and then she never did it again. 
Okay. Uh, they got a divorce. <laughs> sure. They got a divorce in October 1975. Uh, but she and her daughters remained living there until February of 1976. Um, around okay. the same time is when Gacy began what he called his cruising years. Uh, when he began to increase <laughs> the frequency of his excursions for sex with young men. Uh, and several of his neighbors uh, were very aware of his erratic behavior because they saw him coming and going at odd hours and he would just bring people over and they'd be like, oh, that's weird, but that's all they would ever do. And one of his neighbors, yeah. after like all of this went down, they found out that he was not, in fact, the model person at all. Um, oh, This yeah. neighbor recollected that for several years, she and her young son had been awoken every night for like a while by repeated sounds of muffled screaming, shouting, and crying <sighs> in the early hours of, of the morning. Oh my god. Um, so imagine being this woman Jesus and Christ. being like, oh, somebody's shouting again, and then like later you're like, oh. <laughs> oh. This could be any one of uh, tw- 29 people. <laughs> I wonder which yeah. one it was. I... <laughs> I uh, because this is getting quite lengthy, and because I personally am way too impatient to listen to this all at the same time, we are, we are going to stop after our cruising years conversation. Uh, we'll put it up again with General M.O., the rest of the victims, and then general trial aftermath. Everything else that finally led to this absolute monster of a clown man yeah we'll put away yep so we'll see you um next sunday you'll still get a tiny little episode in the middle of the week so um we hope you all have a great rest of your week we hope you're all staying safe you can follow us on instagram at blood and guts pod uh there we have a link to all of the sites we are on um, uh, all like the streaming platforms that you can um, listen to us on whatever floats your boat. It's probably there. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter at blood underscore guts pod. And what's the PSA for this week? <laughs> uh, PSA. Don't do this. Ver- <laughs> don't, don't do this. Don't do this. Blood and guts 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>